Praise God. Praise God. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and tell them how blessed they are to be sitting right by you. So good to have you in the house of the Lord on this holiday weekend. And uh, in just a few moments, we're going to be honoring those who have graduated uh, in different levels. I think we have some from, well, we, ha we have some. I get started and get messed up. But uh, one other thing that uh, you may have seen on the way in there, we are uh, getting ready, as you know, to go to Zambia. We'll be leaving next Sunday after service. We'll be here next Sunday preaching and then we'll be headed to Washington to leave out and then we will be back for uh, Father's Day jet lagged and all uh, but we'll be here for Father's Day to celebrate on Father's Day uh, mom's um, brother he was a uh, built a lot of buildings in South Charleston and some of the schools and different things in South Charleston, but he was quite a craftsman. And that's what you see out there on the table. There's, he has uh, went on to his reward, but um, they're selling his, their home and that. And, and so his daughter uh, had these uh, wood um, crafted things that you see out there on the table. And so she donated them and said uh, to sell them and the monies would go toward the missions. And so that's what they are out there. And um, also, uh, Destiny might have a shirt or two uh, out there. I don't know. Yeah? All right. She does. All right. <laughs> so hallelujah. So we're going to honor those who have uh, made this uh, milestone today in just a few moments. But there are some messages that I preach that... Um, that I only preach one time. It's something the Lord puts in my spirit for a per particular season, a moment, and a time. And then there are other things as a pastor that you will hear me preach over and over because it is part of who we are, it's part of our DNA. And uh, such is today. We, I, on this uh, time of, of thinking and praying about what to speak today, I thought on this graduate, when we're honoring our graduates, um, one of the things that uh, would best fit the moment is talking about our theology, our belief on multi-generational blessing. Amen. We are a multi-generational church. We believe in um, everyone receiving the gospel on their own level. That's the reason we have children's ministry. We have student ministry. We have senior ministry. Uh, we have different ministries so that we all can celebrate because how many know that every generation has their own sound? Amen. Every generation has a sound and has a way in which they have connected to God. And, and we, um, and, and it's not a, a, um, a bad thing. It's not something that's negative. It's just the reality is that uh, our generation, however it is that we connected with God, how we flow with God, how we um, 
felt him or he ministered to us or uh, whatever it is, uh, that is the way that we feel best to communicate with God, how we flow with him. And uh, so that uh, goes for song, that goes for the way that people do service, that goes for all, every uh, aspect. But I want to talk today uh, about this multi-generational blessing because it is biblical. Amen. And it is the flow of God. It's the plan of God. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 9, we'll read 9 and 10. And then I want to read just a couple of scriptures in the New Testament in Luke. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And so it was when he had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you? before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, You have asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. In other words, you have to endure to the end. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Luke 1, verse 35. And an angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for uh, God nothing will be impossible. For with God nothing will be impossible. Amen? Praise God. May God bless the reading of his word today. Elijah comes on the scene without a whole lot of history. He comes into the scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 17. And it doesn't give any genealogy. It just says, now Elijah. We don't know about his family. We don't know about his background. He just shows up. And the first thing he says to is the words to Ahab that it shall not rain but according to my word. Elijah is sought out by people because they know he has some kind of connection with God. In fact, his name, Elijah, Eli, means God. Jah means Father. So connecting the two together, it's the compound Hebrew word which means God is my Father. This man has it going on. He shuts up the heavens and he opens them by the power of his word. He calls fire down from heaven. He, his anointing is, is a bit confrontational. It isn't something that, that this modern day church would, would really like because it wasn't about the people, but in fact he would stir the people with confrontational words. He would do things that was uncommon and and some would say was unnecessary but he would he would stir up the enemy 
then he would find the the mole if you would he would find the the evil that was hidden underneath the surface by by doing certain things and they it weren't not just natural things but it was spiritual things that would cause a natural reaction and he wasn't okay with Ahab and Jezebel running the show he had the spirit of God on him and he believed that things should not remain the way that they had been. That, that in fact he believed that he could help to change it. Amen. Elijah hits this down moment in his life whenever he is, feels the pressure and he feels the, the, the spiritual attack of the enemy that comes upon him and, and he feels as though he is the only one that is left. He is in a bad place. He is in a bad situation and, and he is, uh, it seems like that nothing is going on. Now, when you look at him and he says, makes the statement and says that I'm the only one left, some would think that he is being a prideful person, that I'm the only one that's made it. I, I'm the only one that's still doing it. I'm, I'm the only one fighting the fight. But perhaps what Elijah was saying is, is that I don't have any, any place for my faith to be released. I don't have an outlet for me to pour into another generation. And God told him, he said, look, I know how you feel. I know that it looks like that there is no one to pour into, no life to speak into. But he said, in fact, there are a lot of people that have never bowed their knee to Baal. There are many people that, that are still fighting this good fight. And he would go on to tell him that he says, I want you to go and I want you to anoint three people, amen, to go in your place. And in your focus is on Elisha. Because Elisha, when he goes and finds Elisha, he finds a place to release this faith. He finds a place in a next generation to release this anointing. So that when he goes to his grave, this anointing does not stop, but it flows to another generation. And so he tells him to go and to find three people. And, and he goes and he finds Elisha. And I want you to notice that when he found Elisha, he was working. He was plowing. He was in the field, right? He was doing something. Some people say, well, I just can't do anything yet because I'm not anointed to do it. Or I, I can't do anything because I got to wait for this, got to wait for that. No, we work. And as we work, the spirit of the Lord will come upon us. Amen. And so well, as we are working, the spirit of the Lord will find us. And as we're at work doing the work of the kingdom, his, his anointing and his blessing will come upon us. Elisha walks by him. And Elijah walks by him and takes his mantle, and it's a symbol of the anointing, and he throws it on Elisha. And from that moment, Elisha knew this was an opportunity, and he left his life that he knew. He left the familiarity, and he began to follow his mentor and to serve Elijah. 
he pours water on the hands of Elijah. This is one thing that, 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 that we have failed to teach. I'm not going to put the pressure on the next generation, but we have failed to teach this in uh, the church that one way, I'm not saying it's the only way, but one way to receive the anointing upon your life is to serve the generation before you. Two amens. To serve the generation that is before you, the previous generation. And as you serve them, amen, it, it is a biblical principle. You can find it in all through the scripture that whenever there was one like Elisha and then there was the Elijah, the Elijah, Elisha would have served the Elijah and the anointing of the Lord would come upon him. Amen. And from that moment on, he's seen it as an opportunity and he left the familiarity of everything that he had and he followed this mentor. He served Elijah and he poured water on his hands. Elijah had an understanding that if I want this kind of anointing that Elijah has, then he had to make an investment in the anointing that was there. As you read the Bible, you'll find that the anointing flows from generation to another because you're, not because you're next in line, but because you're willing to serve those who are anointed. Amen. God was getting ready to talk, uh, talk Eli take Elijah into heaven in a whirlwind. It's not God's will that you fade out. It's not God's will that you wear out. It's not even his will that you rust out. Amen. It's, it's his will that all of us leave in a whirlwind. We leave in a shout. We leave in rejoicing. Because you see now we come across the Jordan and Elijah takes this mantle and parts the waters and crosses over on dry ground. Elijah says to Elisha, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want your anointing and I want mine as well. I want a double portion of the anointing. The anointing is not supposed to stop and to start with every generation. Amen. The anointing is supposed to flow from generation to generation. And you see, what happens is this, that the anointing is supposed to flow, continue from generation to generation. The Bible says it this way, one generation will praise his works to the next generation. Amen? One generation will praise his works to the next generation. And when there is an unbroken flow of the anointing from one generation to the next generation, the next generation will do twice the miracles as the previous generation. Why? Because there's a flow. And how many know the, the longer the flow, the greater the power, the source, the current? Amen? Amen? And so Eliza said, you've asked a hard thing, but it's not an impossible thing. Amen. 
And the reason that it's hard is because the generation that has worked hard and built uh, and called down fire from heaven and has a different relationship with the world than the generation that is coming up behind it. And because of that, we allow what is known as generational gaps to get in our way. Another way to say it's preferences, right? And so today I would dare say there is a bigger generational gap, <coughs> excuse me, than, than any other time in our nation. Because whenever I was growing up, I could relate to my granddaddy. And I could relate to my daddy. Amen. I understood my granddaddy. I understood his ways. I understood his hard work. I understood why he wanted to do things the way he wanted to do them. I understood my, my dad and, and why he would you know, tell me to do things a certain way and how, why he had standards and all of these things. But, but today we, we're living in a different time whenever you can barely grab hold of the mindset or the concept from one generation to the next generation. In the world, there's generational gaps. In the 60s, it was, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You ask people the generational gap today, it was, it's probably technology. Can we agree to that? Amen. Technology. I, I'm thankful for technology when it works. But when it don't work the way I think it should work, then it's junk. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because, you know, technology, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can buy a phone today, right? And in six months, it's obsolete. You need another one. This one takes better pictures. This one can, can detect your eyes and turn on. You know, this one can start your car. Huh? And so technology is... Is so fast-paced today that, you know, it blows my mind. You, you, little, little kids know how to run a phone. I've seen little kids, they hand them the phone, and they on there, and all of a sudden, they're watching movies. Hey Amen. I do good to call somebody. It, it, it don't make a whole lot of sense to me, all of this modern day stuff. But are you, are you with me? It used to be three, even maybe four generations could understand. We may not agree on everything, but we understand why you do a thing. But today, from one generation to another generation, it seems as though that, that, that next generation is even foreign or strange to us. Is it true?
But the kingdom of God should not have any generational gaps. The Bible says it this way. I looked for a man to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge and that there will be no breach in the wall. I'm looking for some people that will stand in the gap so there's no gap, no, no generational stopping, no generational, but the flow of God will go from generation to generation. Amen? So the next generation doesn't have to start at the bare bottom, but they start on our shoulders. Amen? I'm thankful today that whenever the Lord blessed me to come into the kingdom and concerning ministry that I did not start at ground level, but I stood on my father's shoulders. That I, I already had a, a very good foundation underneath me so that today, as I've told you before, as I stand here today, I'd stand here not alone, but I stand here for everyone that ever believed in me, poured into me, spoke into my life, and gave me a platform, encouraged me, and spoke into me. And they said, we want to get put on you the anointing of God so that when you begin to stand before people, that you will not stand on ground level, but stand on our shoulders and preach this gospel. Amen. And so for that, I'm grateful today. Amen. And while I'm saying that I'm grateful, let me say that I'm, I'm thankful for all of the men and women who gave their lives for this country. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for them. I know they're not here, but let's thank God for them. People that gave the ultimate sacrifice, right? And I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail today, but, but it, and, I, and, and I don't want to sound like a politician because I'm a preacher. But I'm going to tell you today, it's sickening to see that under generation that don't understand the price that has been paid for our freedom. And they'll go and burn our flag. They'll trample upon it. Amen. And do all of this, this craziness. They ought to go to a third, get them a ticket to a third world country and they'll stop that mess. Amen. Because even though we have great issues today and we have a spiritual battle like we have never had in, the, in, the, in my known history of America, that, that we're still the greatest nation on the planet. Amen. And it's because people paid the price for that. And I'm thankful today, aren't you? Amen. But the generations don't start with nothing. They start because the flow of God from one generation to another. And, and, and whenever we are following the Lord, we should receive some things by observation. Elisha learned some things by watching Elijah. Right? He, he learned some things by watching him. He was not just... Uh, you know, going through the motions, but as he watched him, he learned how to do some things. You are, are the generations behind us ought to learn how to worship by watching us. Amen. Your kids ought to catch you praying at home every once in a while. Come on, somebody. 
They ought to learn how to worship God going down the car, or going down the road in your car. Because that's what you do. That's what you do. You don't just do it on Sunday, but you do it at home. It's a lifestyle, and you learn from that because you know that it's not just a Sunday morning thing, but it's a way of life. And so Elisha learned from Elijah by watching him do a thing. Other things are learned by instruction, by talking, right? You, you tell them how to do a thing, and then that it is their responsibility to follow through with it. Other things are learned by impartation. But the activation cannot come until there is a desire in their heart. Amen. And it wasn't until Elijah gave the example, he gave the instruction, he gave the impartation. But it was when Elijah's heart was full of desire... That everything he seen, everything he was taught, everything that was imparted to him became alive and became a part of his life. And there is a lot, an Elijah generation and there is an Elisha generation. There is a Mary and there is an Elizabeth generation. There is a John and there is a Jesus generation. There is always a generation that is coming there is a generation that is now living and there is a generation that is always fading. And no matter what your age, there is someone that is ahead of you. There is someone that is beside you and there is someone coming from behind you. Amen. And all of these generations must be working together to fulfill the purpose of God in the earth. We are not in competition with one another. We've got to get over, you know, as I said, our preferences. We've all got a way that we connect with God and we need to stay connected with Him. But we also have to come to this understanding that to do something significant in the earth. I'm not talking about a revival in the church. I'm not talking about having a series of meetings. I'm not even talking about having a good time at church. I'm talking about having a spiritual awakening. I'm talking about changing cities. I'm talking about States and the nation being changed. In order for us to do that, generations must come together. Those who are fading and those who are living and those who are coming, we all have to come together over the one common goal that we're in the kingdom for such a time as this. And we, that generation that is fading must pour into, speak into, and instruct the generation that is living so that that the generation that is coming will see the goodness of God in those who are now living and say that's the God that I want to serve. That's the God that I want to be a part of. And whenever we become together and generations come together there is no enemy in hell that is able to stop the plan and the purpose of God from being accomplished in the earth. If you believe that give him some praise here today. The sons of the prophets come and say maybe God is, has 
taken your teacher away. Maybe you, should, you need to go look for him. And Elijah didn't pay attention to them because he knew what his assignment was. There are many voices that will, you will hear and the, more, the closer you get to your assignment, the more voices will be pulling at you. They'll be trying to detour you. They'll be trying to stop you. But Elijah started his miracles not where Elijah did, but he started his miracles where Elijah left off. He parts the waters and he heals the waters. Amen. The Bible says this, so the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. He said, then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youth came from the city and mocking him and said to him, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So they turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the children or the youth. Bald head does not mean you don't have no hair in the Hebrew, or excuse me, the English, the old English term had a different meaning. The example is the bald eagle. The bald eagle still has feathers, right? But they're white. Bald head in the old English meant white-headed. And so what they're saying, when they're saying this, they're saying, Elijah is, go up, go up you white-headed man. So what this is taking place here is you have this younger generation disrespecting the previous generation. And what they are saying is, is go up, go up. They are saying it's time for you to die and get out of our way. Go up. We don't need you. We don't, we don't need you here. You need to go. Right? We can't have one generation mocking another generation. Because we need each other for the blessing to continue to flow. Amen? So Elijah says, I might be old, but let me show you what I can do. <laughs> and he speaks, and as he speaks, he, he has this spiritual authority and when he speaks the word over them, he calls out these bears that they, that, that they maul this generation that is disrespecting his generation. Now that may seem harsh. And they tore up 42 children or 42 young people. But the only explanation that when you look at this is, is, is God says, I'm going to straighten this out here right now. Amen. I'm going to straighten this out here right now. And I'm not going to have, and, and, and no other time in the scripture will you find where one generation was mocking, it fixed it. Amen. It fixed it. And 
I'm saying to you today that we may have differences. We may not be able to understand exactly how that each of us connect to God, but we need to respect each generation's way of touching God and connecting to God. Amen. And so he, he said, look, it, it's worked. It worked because you got to be careful about mocking another generation because they may still they might have some power that you don't know about. Amen. They may not do everything that you do, but you see, the older you get, the less you have to display your power to impress everyone. Amen. You don't have to show yourself. You don't have to show all your cards. You don't have to show everybody what you got. Amen. Y'all with me today? Just give me a good Presbyterian nod. Whenever, when, the older you get, the, you, the less, you, you know, whenever you were younger, you'd fight about everything. Because you had a lot of energy. Right? You watch kids. Kids are, kids are funny. They'll fight over a ball, one ball, and you got 16 balls in the room. Is it not true? They got all these balls they could play with, but they want the ball that Johnny's got. Amen. And, and, and they fight and they, they bicker over this one ball. But the, you, you get older and you pick your battles. You save your energy for things that really count. The things that really matter. Amen. You've got to understand that the more uh, that, that you may have have better ideas you may have better different ways but you still got to honor the generation ahead of you as well as the generation that you're in and the generation behind you for where they are because you see they may be white headed but they still have the power to pray they know how to tear a hole in the heavens and, and bring down the power and the presence of God because you see you weren't there when they fasted and they prayed and food came into their house. You weren't there whenever God moved mountains and, and broke the strongholds off of their life. You see you weren't there when Elijah began to endure the pressure of Ahab and Jezebel and went through with the depression. You, you, they weren't there when Elijah faced the prophets of Baal all by himself. They weren't there when Elijah fought through that spirit of depression when he was under the tree and said, God, just let me die. But I want you to know that everything that Elijah fought through was about to be a blessing to Elijah. Amen. And I'm telling you today that we haven't been through everything that previous generations have been through. But thank God they were willing to fight. Thank God they were willing to pay the price that you and I can now have the blessing of God upon our lives today. If you thank him for it, give him praise right here. And I just want to speak to the generation coming up and say and tell you that not everyone has been blessed to be raised in a church like this growing up. Amen. Everyone wasn't raised in a church like this where that everyone gets to be included growing up. Some churches they would uh, put you in the basement huh 
If I didn't have a basement, then children's ministry or student ministry uh, was sitting in front of your parents. And their ministry was to pop you inside of the head if you weren't listening. Come on, somebody. When I was growing up, they had put kids in the basement. Now, it was, they painted it. And children's ministry wasn't like we have today of lights and sound and and thank God for all of that. I'm not against that. Thank God we are able to provide that for our children, for our students. But, but how many remember children ministry was a flannel graph? And you had to be really creative because, you know, there'd be some ornery kids that would tear the heads off of Noah and David and Joshua. So you only have one body, but then they'd change the heads. Puppet ministry was real powerful back then. It was a sock with black eyes and a mouth put on it. Right? Ain't nobody talking to me in here today. But they did what they could with what they had amen they didn't have the nice sound they didn't have the lights they didn't have the media but they were people that knew how to push through we they said we may not have all of this but we can do something and they would push through and they did something to try to make an impact upon a generation and even in the absence of great glory, in the middle of hardship and struggles, and in the midst of, of, of difficult jobs, and, and, and they had to, had to go through all of this pressure and all of this difficulty, through all of that, they learned something that, that this generation, they need to be passed from one generation to the next generation. They learned how to be committed. They learned something about faithfulness. They learned how to stand when you didn't feel like standing. Amen. They learned a word that we don't know today. It's called endurance. Amen. They learned how to pray of their situations. Amen. This is what was going on. And this is and when uh, our generation was coming up. But I want to tell you today that, that we have to learn to respect Because they had no concept that Elijah was carrying a double portion anointing. You don't talk to someone like that who has a double portion on their life. You have to be careful not to allow dishonor and disrespect and criticism to get into your heart. Right? Because it's dangerous whenever it comes into your life. I was taught that you didn't get to criticize someone until you had done something yourself. Amen. The generation before us was called the builders. They had great work ethic. They committed to doing something. They followed through with it. 
You didn't have to go looking. They, they built the banks. They built the schools. They built the churches. And whenever they told you they was going to do something, you didn't have to go following up on them. It would get done. Right? And when they become part of the church, they brought that into the church. And they were taught commitment. And when you, where you're planted in the church, that's where you take that teaching and you take that, that word and you, and you grow in that and, and you, you stay there and you, found, you find that foundation and you, you're greatly planted in that place. Right? One of the greatest things that hurts discipleship is choices. Choices. You could help a lot of people if it weren't for choices. You could help a lot of people get discipled and become much stronger if you were able to correct them without them going Medea on you. Amen. I'm just pastoring a little bit right here. But it's not just in the church. Somebody gets a job and the manager or the boss person brings correction to them and, and they get all puffed up and they'll quit the job. Just because somebody told them this is the way you need to do it. Amen. I don't, I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not here today preaching to you from a standpoint of I've got it together because I'm telling you that, that I, 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 I'm not certain that I understand at all how people are thinking today. How it is that somebody can think that they're going to heaven just because they're a good person. How they think that if they know the right verbiage that somehow they're going to get in. To the kingdom of God. That, 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 that I don't understand a whole lot of things about. I want if I am wrong. If I'm go, not going to hit the mark. I want somebody to tell me how to hit the mark. Amen. If I'm you know and I, you all know I'm, I'm a hunter and I enjoy hunting. But if I'm uh, out there practicing the bow and and. Um, you know, in, in shooting at the target, and um, I'm always missing the target. And, and, you know, Brother Dennis there, he's hitting the bullseye. I don't want him to pat me on the back and say, oh, it'll be all right. You'll, you'll get him when it comes time. And then I go out there, and that 10-point buck comes through, and I shoot, and I don't even touch him. I'm going to be mad at that joker. Right? Because he obviously knew how to hit the bullseye, but he didn't tell me how to hit the bullseye. And as a result, I just lost the prize of my life. Are you with me? If somebody knows that I'm off of track, not going to hit the mark, not going to make heaven, I want somebody to line me out. I want somebody that knows that straight is the way and narrow is the gate huh? that leads to heaven. 
Then I want, I want to know that so that I can make heaven my home. Amen. We are hindered in our spiritual maturity because we, we don't take correction. The downside of commitment is that you can be committed to something for 50 years and hate it and just settle and never fulfill your purpose or your plan in God. Those bears came out and killed 42 children. This genealogy of Jesus Christ from Abraham to David was 14 generations. From David uh, carrying to all the way to Babylon was 14 generations. And from Babylon to Christ was 14 generations. That is 42 generations. But there is a space between Adam and Christ and the anointing shows up. The question is, how many generations do we have to lose because we don't know how to work together? Amen? How long are we going to argue over things that don't count? Previous generations have worked hard and faithful and committed, but don't want nothing to change. While pre next generation comes along and we have a people that do not want to listen. Right? And so we dis, we dis, the, the flow of God, the plan of God is being displaced. But I want to tell you today that we must become people that are more are desiring to see the presence of God and the glory of God that flows from generation to generation. That we see the goodness of God not just in our life but in our children and our children's children's life to ensure that the goodness of God is in the land of the living. Amen. You see, you, we've got to understand today that, that we've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. Why is this generation being so, so attacked so young and so hard? It's because when we watch Elisha, he's going to do twice the miracles that Elijah did. Elisha now has a double portion. The same anointing that Elijah had is different in his season than the anointing that's upon Elisha's life. He brings a different anointing, right? Are you walking with me today? I'm almost done. I hope I'm not boring you today. But generations have the same anointing, but they operate in different ways. Whenever we see Elijah, Elisha comes with this double portion. But Elijah, whenever he was in his place, he was a fire calling down somebody. You get, up, you get him upset and he had called fire down on you. Right? He, he, he'd do the work and he would do it with, with authority and he'd just burn you up. But when Elijah comes and he has that same anointing but he's flowing in a different gift and he's not coming bringing order because Elijah, Elijah comes with this apostolic anointing that puts things in order and straightens things out and it's going to get done and, and he's going to burn up anybody that gets in the way of it, right? But whenever Elijah comes, he comes under that double portion anointing, the same anointing, but he comes and he heals the waters. He heals the people. He brings healing. 
And you see, whenever you have an apostolic anointing, when you're bringing order you, and you're building up, you can, you can get more enemies than you ever desired or ever planned to. Because you've got to put the thing in order. You've got to, you get into battles you never meant to go into. But because it has to be put into order, then another generation can come and bring the healing and the blessing of the order that's in the house. (coughs) It's what happened with David. David did the fighting so Solomon could do the building. David fought the lion, the bear, and Goliath, the Philistines, and Saul. David fought all of those battles so Solomon could come and do his thing. Now Solomon finds himself in a place because of David's fighting where he is rich beyond measure. And the Bible says, and God had given them rest on every side. Why did they have rest on every side? Because of what the previous generation fought for. Amen. David was such a worshiper and a warrior that people knew you didn't mess with David. He will come out at you with a slingshot and take you out. Huh? They knew that that you didn't mess with David because he wouldn't just take you out. Your brothers better hide because he's coming after them too. Amen. He was a warrior. He was militant. He was something you didn't want to mess with. But now Solomon comes, this next generation, and now David has fought all these wars. He's such a bloody man so that Solomon can come, his son can come and rule and reign. And the Bible said there's peace on every side. What we're doing here today, my brothers and sisters, is not just for ourselves. It's not just about us getting to heaven. But it's about preparing the way for the next generation. It's for our sons and our daughters and our children. And those children. It's the one everyone was talking about. She was getting all the press. She was getting all the attention. But what they didn't know six months ago, the time was right. The elder woman, six months ahead of the younger. And God told Mary, you need to connect with Elizabeth. Why do I need to connect with Elizabeth, God? Because no one in your generation is going to understand what you're going through. Right? Nobody's going to understand you. So you, you you can't just be picking friends out on the playground, Mary you got to connect with somebody who understands what you're going through. And so nobody in your generation, you've got to connect with Elizabeth because she's six months ahead of you. Now, I'm telling you today that this is powerful. Because if you're willing to connect yourself to somebody that is not only somebody that is ahead of you, but somebody that is going where you want to go. Amen. And you connect with that person who is going where you want to go and is ahead of you. They can save you. I don't want to exaggerate, but they can save you years of hardship, disappointment, failure, frustration. 
because they, they are mentors. They speak into your life. They say, this is where I fell short. This is where I messed up. This is what caused me to get off a track. And they can save you a lifetime of heartache if you'll just connect with somebody ahead of you that's going where you want to go. can't disconnect with anyone <clears throat> you got to connect with somebody ahead of you and you got to connect with somebody going where you want to go Joseph's brothers couldn't relate because they didn't have anything they weren't going where Joseph was going Mary, the younger generation, walks into the presence of the previous generation. And the Bible says that when she honored Elizabeth, the greater, when she greeted him, her, that word greet there means to salute. When she honored Elizabeth, the Bible said something happened in Elizabeth's womb. Whenever you honor the previous generation, you can bring things back to life that they thought were dead. Amen. The purpose that was in Elizabeth was to make way for Mary. But the thing that was in Elizabeth wouldn't leap until it saluted by Mary. What's in Mary can bring life to what's in Elizabeth, so what's in Elizabeth can prepare the way for what is in Mary. That's the multi-generational blessing. That's the way God intended for it to work. And I want to tell you today that I don't believe that we'll see the great awakening in America until we learn how to honor and we learn how to respect and we learn how to work together and bring life into fulfillment to each and every one of our generations. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to stand with me a minute, please, if you would. I want to spend, I want us to have time to honor our, our graduates here today. But I want to make room today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never accepted Him as your Savior, your Lord, you don't have that commitment or maybe you have and you've drawn cold and indifferent in Him, I want to give you opportunity today because it doesn't matter what generation you're a part of, you must be born again. To make heaven your home, you've got to accept Him as your Savior, your Lord, and you've got to give, make that commitment to serve Him. I know today that many 
try to make it so that it doesn't seem, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's a difficult thing, but I want to tell you today it'll cost you everything. If you're going to serve the Lord, you've got to deny yourself, take up his, your cross, and follow after him. It's not always easy, but I will tell you that it is the greatest joy you'll ever have in your life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, or you've drawn cold and indifferent and need to renew that relationship with Him, I want to invite you to come today as Anthony's playing here this morning. I want to pray with you to make that commitment today. Is anybody? Is there anyone today? Hallelujah. I was praying late last night and I felt like I don't want to take a whole lot of time, but I feel like the, the, the Holy Spirit's bringing it back to my remembrance. Last night as I was praying again for this service today, I just sensed the need for us to kind of seal this word and say yes to this word. And, and this is... This is what it come to me. If you're around somebody or you're close, or you might have to get out and go to another seat or whatever. But, but just get somebody that looks like they may be in a different generation than you are. And let's just pray for two minutes together today. Can we do that? Just a sign of agreement, sign of saying yes. It might be your family and you have multiple generations here, but just pray blessings over one another today. Speak into one another's lives today. Encourage one another today. Come on, find somebody and pray with them here this morning. Come on, let's give God a praise today for generational blessings.
multi-generational blessings. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. All right, you may be seated for just a moment. Pastor Jordan's going to bring up our graduates here today. All right. I want to call up Tristan, Tyler, Kobe, and Athena. Say hi to everyone, wave, pretty waves. All right. Um, so I'm just gonna ask you a few questions just so that we get an idea of what's going on. So, t Tristan, tell us, where did you graduate from? Uh, graduated from Cabell Middle and High School. All right, and what are your plans? Uh, I'm gonna attend Marshall University, uh, go into the broadcast program, uh, do awesome sports management, so I'd like to work with sports and see where that takes me. All right, and? Uh, is there anyone that you would like to thank here today? Yeah, I'd like to thank my mom and dad. Um, you know, it's not always been a four, like easy four years. And, you know, growing the friendships and family, it, it really does hit hard. And walking out of that school for the last time was pretty rough. So it was, it was something I wanted to be over, but something I look back and I'm going to miss it. So. All right. All right, Athena, where'd you graduate from? Winfield High School. All right. And what are your plans? I plan to go to Marshall University and major in, in nursing. And would you like to thank? Literally everyone in this room. Everyone in here has helped me become the person that I am today. You've all watched me grow up and helped me accomplish the things that I've accomplished. And you've all encouraged me in ways that you'll never know. All right. Hi, Kobe. How are you I'm good. Where'd you graduate from? Buffalo High School. Uh, go to Marshall. I don't know what I'm going to do after that. And anyone you'd like to thank? Uh, I'd like to thank your family, your family, my mom, my grandpa, and my grandma. All right. And, um, yeah. Um, we got a video real quick just to celebrate you guys. Um, so pay attention to the screen, and uh, here we go. People are often eager to tell you what success looks like. What education, what experiences, what networking and resources you need in your pursuit of happiness. But this is my deepest prayer for you. May you learn to harness your energies toward your passion. May you remember that true strength is found in gentleness. May you keep your word even when it's hard. May you find the good in yourself and see the good in others. May you keep in mind that everyone is fighting their own battle and the greatest gift you can give is a kind word. May you fight the urge to be in a hurry knowing that time is a non-renewable resource. May you find ways to bring peace into your relationships. May you know and experience the fullness of joy. May you feel, know, and share love with everyone. Because without it, 
life is just noise. These are your credentials. This is how you are known. Let these traits be your calling card. May the seeds you've planted continue to bear fruit for endless seasons ahead. And just like that video said, it's endless seasons ahead. And I don't want you guys to walk out of here thinking that your best years are behind you. Because that's one of the greatest lies that, uh, that people can tell you. Satan tries to tell you that this isn't the end. That there's so much more for y'all to experience. That there's a greater life out of there. I don't have that many years ahead of you. But just the few that I have is, there's a lot more to learn out there. There's a lot more to see. And this isn't it. That uh, the lessons you learned here, they're, they're just going to help propel you to what's next and what's greater. And there's a few things I'd like to suggest for you guys. Is remember this, Matthew 6, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. And that's saying, no matter what, put God first. Just like it said, have integrity, have faith in God, and put him above all of that. Whatever the struggle is, whatever uh, may come your way, whether it be financial issues or anything like that, put God first. Because it says all these things will be added unto you. And that means that you may not have the greatest car, you may not have the greatest place to stay or the best technology, but God's going to make sure you get through it. He's going to make sure you get through it with all the lessons that you need to for the next season. Because even then, that's not the best of your years. Um, I want you guys to love God and to love people because what is life without love and what, what is life without God and what is life without our family and without people um, if it was just us then everyone else can attest here that has greater years than I do on you guys that without people this life is fruitless and um, as much as there are days that you want to go to your room and close the door and shout out everyone those are the days precisely that you need everyone around you because those are the people that can pick you up. Those are the people that can lift you up and help take you to what's next. I want you to put uh, the desires and the hearts of people and God before yourself. Again, something I've been talking to one life students about and to you guys, of course, is, is um, it's when we are selfish and when we put ourselves first that we become the most depressed and we experience the darkest part of our lives. is when we say, forget everybody else, that it's only about us. And when those moments do come, put God first. Ask your friends and your family what they desire most, what their hopes and their dreams are, and work whatever jumps into your heart and whatever moves your heart, work to make that happen. Because just like Pastor said today, that what you, what you invest in is what you'll get out. And that includes everyone above us, beside us, and below us. And the happiest you'll ever be is investing in somebody else. And the last verse I have for you guys is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. 
and give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't ever question what God's will is for you today. It's to rejoice always, because in him is endless joy. Joy is that step above happiness. The world says do what makes you happy, but God tells you to be joyful. And that he doesn't say to do what makes you joyful, be joyful. It's a choice. And the same thing like pastor has been preaching to us for weeks is to choose joy. So when you wake up and you have a bad day and your, your mind gets clouded and dark and you don't have an explanation for why you're mad, why you're angry, choose joy. And ask God to give you that joy because he's your father. He's right there and he's ready to help you. And I just want to pray for you guys. Like I said, I don't have that many years on you, but this is what I've learned. Is that when you put people before you, when you put God before you, you'll be the happiest you've ever been. But when you choose joy, God's going to give you that joy too. He's going to get you through all of that. And I'm going to pray for you guys. The rest of this church is going to pray for you at the same time. And you guys always have a home here. If you stay here, if you decide to go elsewhere, the light is always on. You still got a family here ready to welcome you guys back. And when you guys are here, you're stuck with us. So, all right. Um, I want to pray for you guys. And then I would also like pastor to pray for you as well. And like he was talking about generations. All right. Let's stand. Let's pray for these that who are graduating and moving on. And uh, let's celebrate with them for what's coming next. All right. God, thank you for our day today. Thank you for letting us be able to come here to this place, God. Thank you for this generation that is coming up. And thank you for these who are moving on to what's next in life. That, God, you're uh, blessing Tristan, Athena, um, Kobe, and Tyler, God. That you're going to move them and you're going to propel them. That everyone has potential in your kingdom. And everyone has a plan and a purpose for their lives, God. And I fully believe with all the faith that is within me and all the faith that's in this church that they will meet and accomplish that purpose and they will accomplish that, per- that, that meaning for their life, God, that it's not just about building themselves up, but God, they're going to drag everyone that's in their life with them to, to the top of whatever it is that you're calling them to, God. And so as they're leaving high school, God, and they're moving on to college or technical college or whatever is next in their life, God, that you're blessing them, that you're guiding them, that you're protecting them, and that you're guarding their hearts, you're guiding their minds, God. You're erecting a fortress around their hearts and their minds and that only your will and your plans, your thoughts, your emotions, and your desires are what's going to be what guides them and what directs them. And so, Holy Spirit, we release you into their lives. Come and do whatever it is that you wish to do in their lives. And God, I've been so honored and I've been so blessed. And this church has been so honored and so blessed to see these rise up into the men and the women of God that you have called them to be. And God, we're going to be so, so much more excited and we're going to celebrate when they do reach those marks and they reach those points that they have set to accomplish the goals that you have set in, in your kingdom, God. And so we love you and we thank you and we give you all the praise and the glory for what you've done and what you're going to do in their lives. And we celebrate and we wait anxiously to see what it is to become, God. And the whole church said, amen. All right. And Pastor Renee has some gifts for you guys. Just to say congratulations.
representing her son, who he actually is not graduating high school, but he has accomplished a major, a major accomplishment for him. What was it? Um, he completed the electrical program at Cabell County Career and Technology Center. And he is not here today because reality set in for him really fast, right? He's at work today. So, but we want to honor him too. He's a, he has accomplished a major thing in his life. And we look forward to what God's going to do for each and every one of our people here today at One Life. Amen. so thankful for all of these and allowing us to celebrate with you all there's one thing I know for certain all of you will do better in college than I did <clears throat> amen amen my first try um, after that I was there about a month they t told me I could stay the first semester but then I needed to go home so I helped them out. I said, I don't want to eat no more of your rice and beans anyways. And so I just loaded up my truck and come home. <laughs> but thank God for Christian Life School of Theology. They helped me out. <laughs> they gave me another chance. Uh, we love these guys and young ladies. Amen. And appreciate them. Appreciate them being a part of our church. Let's just pray today. Father, I thank you for being a part of a multi-generational church that we understand the importance of handing the blessing from generation to generation. Thank you for the many families that are in this church that have multiple generations that worship together every week and yet others that are starting that in their generation. And I just ask you for a special blessing today upon each and every one and that as we continue to grow as a family as the, this generation goes out and begins their career in the, the, the school of, well, Marshall, I just pray that you would help them to impact even that campus and cause God to be real there. And God, we give you praise and thanks for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless you all today.